Chapter 5 of The Complete Works of Artemus Ward, Part 2, War, by Charles Farrar Brown. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5, A War Meeting. Our complaint just now is war meetings. They've been having them bad in various parts of our cheerful republic, and naturally we caught them here in Baldinsville. They broke out all over us, or better attended than the eclipse was. I, I remember how people poured into our town last spring to see the eclipse. They labored into an impression that they couldn't see it to home, and so they come up to our place. I cleared a very handsome amount of money by exhibiting the eclipse to them in an open-top tent. But the crowds is bigger now. Posey County is aroused. I may say, indeed, that the pre Ores of Indiana is on fire. Our big meeting came off the other night, and our old friend of the Bugle was elected chairman. The Bugle Horn of Liberty is one of Baldenville's most eminent institutions. The advertisements are well written, and the deaths and marriages are conducted with signal ability. The editor, Mr. Slinkers, is a polished, sarcastic writer. Folks in these parts will not soon forget how he used up the Eagle of Freedom, a family journal published at Snootville, near here. The controversy was about a plank road. The road may be, as our contemporary says, a humbug, but our aunt isn't bald-headed, and we haven't got a one-eyed sister Sal. Wonder if the editor of the Eagle of Freedom sees it. This used up the Eagle of Freedom feller, because his aunt's head does present a skinned appearance, and his sister Sarah is very much one-eyed. For a genteel home thrust, Mr. Slinker has few eagles. He's a man of great pluck, likewise. He has a fierce nostril, and I believe, upon my soul, that if it wasn't absolutely necessary for him to remain here and announce in his paper from week to week that our government is about to take vigorous measures to put down the rebellion, I believe, upon my soul, this illustrious man would enlist as a brigadier general and get his bounty. I was fixing myself up to attend the great war meeting when my daughter entered with a young man who was evidently from the city, and who wore long hair and had a wild expression into his eye. In one hand he carried a portfolio, and his other paw clasped a bunch of small brushes. My daughter introduced him as Mr. Swibier, the distinguished landscape painter from Philadelphia. He is an artist, Papa. Here is one of his masterpieces, a young mother gazing admiringly upon her firstborn. And my daughter showed me a really pretty picture, done in aisle. Is it not beautiful, Papa? He throws so much soul into his work. Oh, does he? Does he, said I. Well, I reckon I'd better hire him to whitewash our fence. It needs it. What will you charge, sir? I continued to throw some soul into my fence. My daughter went out of the room in very short meter, taking the artist with her, and from the emphatical manner in which the door slammed, I concluded she was somewhat disgusted at my remarks. She closed the door, I may say, in italics. I went into the closet and larfed all alone by myself for over half an hour. I larfed so violently that the preserved jars rattled like a cavalry officer's sword and things which is aroused my Betsy, who came and opened the door pretty sudden. She seized me by the few lonely hairs that still linger sadly upon my barefooted head and dragged me out of the closet. 
incidentally observing that she didn't exactly see why she should be compelled at her advanced stage of life to open a asylum for superannuated idiots my wife is one of the best women on this continent although she isn't always gentle as a lamb with mint sauce no no not always but to return to the war meeting it was largely attended the editor of the bugle arose and got up and said the fact could no longer be disguised that we were involved in a war human gore said he is flowing all able-bodied men should seize a musket and march to the tented field i repeat it sir to the tented field a voice why don't you go yourself you old blowhard i am identified young man with an archimedean lever which moves the world said the editor wiping his auburn brow with his left coat tail i allude young man to the press terms two dollars a year invariably in advance job printing executed with neatness and dispatch and with this brilliant bust of elegance the editor introduced mr j brutus hinkins who is suffering from an attack of college in a neighboring place mr hinkins said washington was not safe who can save our national capital dan Setchell, i said he can do it afternoons let him plant his light and airy form onto the long bridge make faces at the hireland foe and they'll skedaddle old setch can do it i call the napoleon of showmen said the editor of the bugle i call that napoleonic man whose life is adorned with so many noble virtues and whose giant mind lights up this warlike scene i call him to order i will remark in this connection that the editor of the bugle does my job printing you said mr hinkins who live away from the busy haunts of men do not comprehend the magnitude of the crisis the busy haunts of men is where people comprehend this crisis we who live in the busy haunts of men that is to say we dwell as it were in the busy haunts of men i really trust that gentleman will not fail to say something about the busy haunts of men before he sits down said i i claim the right to express my sentiments here said mr hinkins in a slightly indignant tone and i shall brook no interruption if i am a sophomore well, you couldn't be more soft my young friend i observed whereupon there was cries of order order i regret i can't mingle in this strife personally said the young man oh, you might enlist as a liberty pole said i in a silvery whisper but he added i have a voice and that voice is for war the young man then closed his speech with some striking and original remarks in relation to the star-spangled banner he was followed by the village minister a very worthy man indeed but whose sermons have a tendency to make people sleep pretty industriously i am willing to enlist for one he said what's your weight parson i asked a hundred and sixty pounds he said well you can enlist as a hundred and sixty pounds of morphine your duty being to stand in the hospitals after a battle and preach while the surgical operations is being performed think how much you'd save the government in morphine he didn't seem to see it but he made a good speech and the editor of the bugle rose to read the resolutions commencing as follows resolve that we view with anxiety the fact that there is now a war going on and 
resolved that we believe stonewall jackson sympathizes with the secession movement and that we hope the nine months men at this point he was interrupted by the sounds of silvery footsteps on the stairs and a party of women carrying guns and led by betsy jane who brandished a loud and rattling umbrella busting it into the room here cried i are some nine months women mrs ward said the editor of the bugle mrs ward and ladies what means this extraordinary demonstration it means said that remarkable female that you men are making fools of yourselves you are willing to talk and urge others to go to the wars but you don't go to the wars yourselves war meetings is all very nice in their way but they don't keep stonewall jackson from coming over to maryland and helping himself to the fat test beef critters what we want is more cider and less talk we want you able-bodied men to stop speechifying which don't mount to the wiggle of a sick cat's tail and to go fightin otherwise you can stay at home and take care of the children while we women will go to the wars gentlemen said i that's my wife go in old gal and i throwed up my ancient white hat in perfect raptures is this roll book to be filled up with the names of men or women she cried with men with men and our quota was made up that very night there is a great deal of gas about these war meetings a war meeting in fact without gas would be something like the play of hamlet with the part of othello omitted still believing that the goddess of liberty is about as well shot up as any young lady in distress could expect to be i am yours more than anybody else's a ward End of chapter five